This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on, $50 buys. All right, on this episode of Bare Knuckle Radio, very excited to be chatting with an individual who competes at BKFC 52, and that goes down on October 20th. And it is a very intriguing bantamweight bout as Derek Perez knuckles up and toes the line against Ace Samples, and great having Ace on the show for the first time. How's your day going there, man? You having a solid one? Yeah, man. Actually, uh, in the work truck now, rolling out. Um, got a few little small things to... Pin up and tie up before I leave out. I'll actually be leaving uh, either later this evening or tomorrow morning, heading down to Myrtle Beach uh, to spend the final uh, day with Brandon Bouchard, like a brother of mine, super close, tight knit. We like to spend that last little bit of time uh, in like a brotherhood, man. Uh, get ourselves into the right mindset, check on one another, and then we'll roll out uh, Wednesday to Columbia together. And that's cool. There must be. You know, a certain camaraderie with that. I mean, obviously, both of you are, you know, individually motivated and preparing for everything. But it must be cool to also have, like, someone you have that close bond with who's kind of readying for, you know, their own task on the same event. Like, is there that kind of, you know, camaraderie and all that? Yeah, man. Um, do you know Brandon and I's past? Uh, have you heard anything of it? Um, you might have to expound upon that a bit. What was the backstory? So... Brendan and I actually fought one another. Um, I have to try to remember the date. We did the Team MMA battle, the two versus two. Oh, okay. Uh, he was, yeah, him and uh, one of his best friends, Amos, which is his corner, was actually my opponent. Uh, myself and Joey Mullen fought them in Myrtle Beach, and it was like, man, I'll be honest with you, when you when you start a war with the Bouchard Brigade, you need to be very well prepared if you're anywhere in the southeast part of America because they bring a squad. Um, I didn't know this at the time, of course, so I traveled down to Myrtle Beach and I walked into this bar and I met with like 300 just fully devoted Bouchard Brigade fans. And um, I don't know, man, I'm I'm from the back, I'm from from the country, so as soon as I walked in and they kind of got their attitudes, I just... Got mine right back with him, and uh, we almost we ended up almost getting into a fight at weigh-ins. Um, had an awesome just war inside the cage. Brandon and Amos ended up beating Joey and I. Uh, but man, it was uh, we went from hating one another, literally wanting to kill one another, um, to just his his following and family, his dad's mom, his wife, his kids. We coach youth wrestling together. And uh, I have Northeast Georgia Matt Monstars here in Georgia, and Brandon has the Carolina Reefers there in Myrtle Beach. And we put our teams together, uh, kids from five all the way up to 18, and uh, travel the country and let them compete. So now we're literally like best of friends. Um, I love his family, and mine loves him. Yeah, because I was noticing you had, you know, MMA experience over AMI and pro, but I mostly was seeing that in the singular kind of sense, the tag team MMA too, though definitely you know keeping it fun but in talking about that i mean you retired from mma for a few years at one point like it seemed like based on an interview i saw you were wanting to more have fun and just kind of prioritize other things but seems like bare knuckle 
drew you back? What was it about bare knuckle that drew you back to competing? <laughs> that was kind of funny, man. When I uh, when I first had the idea in my head of doing it, I was like, "Hey, sure, crazy." Um, your face has already been, you know, rebuilt. Your knees, your shoulders. Like most of all, I put my body through hell, man. I I never really understood the uh, mindset of a uh, go slow in the gym. <laughs> <That's what laughs> you say. Um, so uh, I actually ended up going down to the Myrtle Beach BKFC show and cornering Brandon Bruchall. Um, and when I got there, I seen Andy Hall, and uh, Andy Hall actually turned to me and he was like, "So when you're gonna, when you're gonna get in here?" And I was like, "Hell no, man, that ain't happening." <laughs> well, then he come back up to me later on. I was like, "You have no idea how many people have asked me, you know, how I got you on a card." And I was like, "Well, you didn't get me on a card. I'm not doing it." And then uh, Elmer just kind of stewed in me. And then, uh, like the dog and all of us, once I got into Brandon's corner. I was like, oh yeah, man, this is what I do. Like, this is who I am. I need to, I need to give this a shot at least once. And uh, just going home and stewing on it, and, and realizing that you know, I have, I have an advantage. My, my speed, agility, footwork, and uh, just mental fortitude, on top of just the amount of years I've had Filipino Fusho, which is just a lot of hand fighting and uh, bare knuckle striking, is. I have an advantage, so I was like, you know what, like, uh, I'll, I'll give it a go, and uh, my first one was at 145, fought Glendale Vitrell, he's a really, really tough game opponent, and uh, I was walking around like 152 to 155, and then this is the first time I've made my cut back to 135, but uh, it's going perfectly. Well, I mean, that's great to hear, and a lot to talk about with this next fight, but I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't you know, talk more about that Glendale Futrell fight that you mentioned there, because it would seem like a great, you know, bare knuckle debut. Like you said, it's in a weight category that you're not necessarily like looking to be in. Maybe it's not the optimal weight category, one could say, but I mean, still getting that second round corner stoppage there in May. Can you talk about like that BKFC 42 win? It would seem like a good way to kick off your bare knuckle career. Man, it really, it was amazing. Uh a lot of my hometown and friends and family had, had really just kind of been uh, waiting for me to decide if I was going to compete again. And You know, I, uh, I was back and forth on it, and then once I decided to dedicate to do it, I had, a, I had a large just support system going into it. And, you know, everything in the fight camp didn't go great. Um, you know, it's like, like normal, there's always things that come up, never sit tests, and could have done a lot more, should have done a lot more. It is what it is in the past. Um, but, you know, I uh, I went into that fight knowing the keys to victory, and uh, I, I made sure that that's what my game plan was. And I stuck to my game plan. I trusted my skills. I used the advantages that I knew that I'd studied, my corners had studied, and, uh, you know, we tried to, as much as we possibly could, pick Glendale apart. Um, I will say, man, I'm I'm five foot eight on a good day, and uh, I got like a sixty-seven inch reach. Glendale, if I'm not mistaken, is six foot four and has like a seventy-three or seventy-four inch reach. So, in the initial part of that fight, right when the whistle blew, and I stepped forward, I, I won't lie, I, I had a a very shocking moment of like, oh crap, man, this guy, this guy's significantly longer than I, not so much bigger than me. Uh, I'm 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 very wide, but 
longer. And uh, I just remember throwing a jab and him him kind of throwing some, some feelers out there in, in my head. And I'm a kickboxer by nature, so I immediately ranged out if I could make contact with my leg, which is not like I, I don't stop my fighting style to think about that. It's just kind of like like Rain Man just goes off in my head, like, yeah, I could land that. All right, keep moving. Uh, I mean, like, I couldn't even kick him when he was floating those long jabs out there. So I had to really adapt quickly and, you know, go back to uh, square one, which is my footwork and mobility. And uh, finally just, you know, found the right jabs, moved the right ways, and started landing some big shots. I, what I do regret about that fight for me was I attempted to land too many big shots, and I really reminded myself in this camp that I don't have to hit as hard as I can to knock out this division at all. Uh, I, I have very crisp technique, and I, once I start trying to look for the knockout, I try to flop it, and I beat myself up and all these things. But, you know, if you if you were watching me just in the gym with a good day of having having the right music on in there and flowing and sparring with my partner Paul, it, it's just uh, it, it's a much more simple easy process than I think a lot of guys make it out to be. It doesn't have to become a dogfight. In, in the case, it does become a dogfight. I want to stay clean, you know? If I'm going to get in there and uh, have a fight-of-the-night performance, I want to be clean and as safe as I possibly can. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> understandable for sure, man, but you kind of touched on some of the sparring work, and I'm curious about that because I understand you own a gym, Youth Wrestling Academy, and everything like that like is that mostly where you're getting in that work just because it's your own kind of space or do you get the work in perhaps another gym there yeah man i mean i travel and go wherever i uh i go spend some time with my filipino peer show coach greg black and um it's probably 30 minutes or so from me he has a, a very organized beautiful dojo in his basement um and it's, it's definitely if anybody wants to adapt an art that's really not even seen across America, uh, look up Greg Black and Game with Filipino Kuyu Show. Um, you'll see just right there in Athens. Uh, that is a significant booster for me, um, knowing that I, I, do, I trained in an art that is designed for hand-to-hand combat, bare knuckle, and with the intentions of dismantling somebody. And I, that's been one of my longest studied arts and then on top of that you know, Joe Hitman Elmore uh, I go out there to Georgia Pro in the May with those guys uh, get in some solid work you walk in there and it's just a steam room of just sweat and savages uh, that's that's amazing and from the first time I walked in there Joe brought me in to the middle and introduced me and it was just it was so amazing seeing a lot of the up and coming amateurs and you know just beginning pros having the mindset of like they look at me and they're like, man, you're a pioneer. You're, you're a veteran. And uh, it really threw me back in the in the, the mentality to be like, that is, that is absolutely true. I've, oh, I've done this for how long? How long now? 15 years. Yeah, almost 15 years just solid, you know, through all the, through all the people saying this is a waste of your time. This is, uh, this is a joke. You're never going to make it. You're not going to do it. It's not this. It's not that. But adversity is what built me. So that, that all those things just kind of really genuinely helped me um and the guy sitting next to me is uh paul amaro anybody that's followed my career would date it back you know like i said 15 years ago and uh you'd see a baby face me with a guy who looks almost just like me uh his name is paul amaro he's my best friend you know we met each other walking into the little hole in the wall gym in jefferson uh for an open sparring saturday you know having very little knowledge of what we were doing and just got in there 
we were brothers at first strike, man. I'm telling you, we just got in there and got it down. Like, uh, I I couldn't do any more with him than he could do with me, but when it comes time to rotate partners, we just whacked the floor with everyone else and had no idea really what we were doing at the time. But, I don't know, we linked up afterwards, and uh, we actually went next door and got like a Mountain Dew slushy or something crazy and just sit back and was like, yeah, dude, this is, you know, we like to do this. And really never let off the gas. We hit it hard. We trained every day, uh, went through the stages of fully dedicating our lives to it, not having a job, training, 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 getting to the amateurs, moving into our pros. And then uh, Paul actually ended up moving here from Georgia out to California uh, to pursue his career further. And met them a lot of just a lot of amazing just pioneers of the sport. Got to just spend a lot of time with high-level UFC guys, guys that were at – at this point, you know, I would go out there and train, and it's amazing looking now how many of the guys I'd be in the room with just tit for cat. I mean, 100 – and even beating some of them. And then look at them now, and they're on UFC cards. They're, they're Bellator champions. They're – I mean, they're on Legacy. They're literally in every major fight promotion. And I can be like, oh, man, look, I uh, – <laughs> I picked old boy up for about two rounds right there. Yeah. But it's, uh, Paul has been out there for seven years. And, yeah, I'm on that that mental health train, bro. Like, I I don't know if you know it or not, but I'm a suicide survivor two times over, and some days I just have rough days, and uh, Paul never fails to be there. Him and my other best friend, Glenn and Barr, like, I know I can call them at any given point, and they'll they'll pick my spirits up, and I just happen to call Paul. And he was having it almost an exact same kind of day that I was, just, you know, parallel to the universe. And uh, he, he said, bro, what do you need me to do? And I jokingly was like, I need you back in Georgia. Like, I, I, I need this physical workout. I need this mental workout. I need this brotherhood. I need this going into as I climb this ladder for BKFC. And uh, he said, say less. You know, if you can help me get the ticket, I'll be there in three days. And one way, quit his job, moved back out here, lives in my camper at my gym. And it's with me day in and day out. So it's, uh, it's, it means a lot. He'll be in my corner here this Friday night. And we, uh, we've always had the same mantra. And it's, uh, Paul just had a lot of fire in my ass. So if at any given point, somebody feels like the tables may turn on Friday and you hear Paul tell me he's ready to go home, and it's time to go home. That's, that's, that's what lets me know it's time to just buckle up my pants and put my damn feet in the dirt and move and uh, finish this fight. Yeah, and it seems like you've always had, like, a great, <clears throat> like, support system around you combat sports-wise. Like, in kind of doing my research on you, I was gleaning the fact that your wife was involved in MMA at a, you know, good, solid level for a period of time, too. So it really seems like you have a lot of that in your life, just, like, a lot of that understanding of the lifestyle and just the core kind of support system. So, great to see. Yeah, um... Ashley and I actually, we we recently got a divorce. We, we've been separated, uh, I think, eight months now. Um, no happy separation. She she had goals and ambitions and views for her life, and I had you know other ones. Um, I, we we did as we were we were married almost ten years, and we always lived the fight lifestyle. It's always been a daily part of my life. Um, and then as, as I was going through my last fight, uh, my debut for BKFC is. Well, a lot of my, you know, just mental strain was still there from the divorce. I was moving on, but there was still just that lagging, like, emotions, you know what I mean? So I was able to channel that into the fight. And, you know, now, now I 
I've moved on. I have a beautiful girlfriend, Erin. She's just everything that I need. She's supportive. She's there for me daily. She, even not being in the fight world, understands the ups and downs. I mean, trust me, man, I guarantee this fight true for 80% of the fight world. Some nights we just cry. Like, uh, you know, some nights it's just, I'm emotional. And uh, I don't have that, I wouldn't say extra burden of, slowing someone else's career down as much as uh, there's really no other way to say it but if i was emotional i couldn't be a good coach for ashley or a good partner um for her camp because she was always training at the same time and for aaron she's she's there she's fully dedicated to me she's uh my this might sound crazy but my my protein shakes are ready when i'm done working out my my meal prep is on point my my trial, everything that I need is, is there. And it's a, it's a godsend to have her and Paul here by my side daily as I make my way into the fight. And it's, it's, it's a blessing, man. It really is. Yeah, well, that's great to hear, and my apologies for bringing up something potentially sensitive. Obviously, based on how I asked it, wasn't aware, but... But yeah, just to say, I mean... I get along as much as we can. You know, we're, we're, uh, we are divorced, but we're still friends. And uh, overall, we have a, a little fat-ass three-year-old son that already wrestles and kickboxes and fishes and hunts. So uh, we gotta we have to be on the same page as a friendship for the sake of our son. I'm just glad her and I both are can cordially be on that page. Uh, but I mean, hey, you got to find happiness, man. At the end of the day, you got one shot at life. And if you're just not happy where you are and where you're sitting, where you're living, the relationship you're in... The, mental state you're at, you just, you have to change it. But like you may not have tomorrow. You really may not. So it, 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 that's my biggest stress to anyone that hears this is, yo, take five minutes, check yourself. Go look in the mirror and ask yourself, are you where you want to be? And if you're not, do something about it. Change it. Don't just sit there and let your excuses become your reasoning for failure. Take those excuses. Spencer Lee said it best. Excuses are for pussies. I mean, that's such a great message. I guess, like, partly, like, when you were saying that, like, my thought process was just how different this sophomore, you know, BKFC effort could be. Because it seemed like what you were talking about there, you were dealing with some personal situations for the bare knuckle debut, as we talked about before, you know, a weight class higher up there being at featherweight and I mean it's your debut so there's a lot of like figuring things out on the job it would seem like you're going to be bringing like a much more comprehensive version of yourself to this sophomore BKFC effort is that kind of how you're feeling heading into this oh yeah 100% man nothing is a shocker now like uh, I know the crew I mean great just everybody that works for BKFC knows who I am um, you know, it's, it's when, you, when you can walk into a room and uh, Chris Waddell says hey you know that for me you know, him being somebody that I've always idolized, that meant a lot to me. Uh, having your cut man, your guys that wrap your hands, just be on a real cool-ass basis with you is amazing. Um, having to personally meet Senior and, and, you know, Andy, I've known Andy Hall forever, Nate Shook, and everybody with BKFC, I've kind of already known who they were, and now they know who I am, for sure. So I can, I can walk around comfortably. I don't have, there's no surprises. I know the routine. We get a welcome letter. I know where I got to be, when I got to be there. I know what to expect. Um, and more than anything, man, I now know what it feels when I walk down that catwalk. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a fan favorite in the Southeast. I really am. I'm, I'm, I love people. and A lot of people either love me or you hate me. Either way, as long as you're making noise, I don't give a shit. 
reminds me of how happy I am to be doing what I'm still doing. And that's what I'm probably looking the most forward to is I love that jitter. I love that. Holy shit, here we go. All right, you're up next. There's always that little unsettling feeling in my stomach. And then I remind myself of what I've gone through, what I've defeated, what I face daily, and what I'm fighting for. And when I get on those lights and I hear the crowd, I'm alive, man. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to that so much. And I take that energy right into my attitude, take my attitude right to my opponent. Yeah, and in talking about that next chance, you get to feel that feeling and the next opponent. I'm curious to get some thoughts on, you know, Derek Perez here, because from what I'm seeing, I mean, experience beyond BKFC with like boxing and, you know, mixed martial arts too, but also some BKFC experience for sure, getting a Knuckle Mania 3 win and his last fight being against Keith Richardson, who at least as of this recording is readying to fight for the BKFC bantamweight title so i guess in saying all of that like what are your thoughts on Derek perez's overall resume and maybe what some of his better stylistic attributes might be uh i think there i mean i I first i respect all my opponents unless they give me a reason to not respect them and uh, i don't fall on that gray line of i don't respect you i fall on that black and white line of if you give me a reason not to respect you i'm going to disrespect you so i respect Derek. you know he hasn't said anything out of the way to me nothing foul I haven't heard any like shit talking I'm a very confident person and you know when I say that Derek has a lot of holes that I've spent a decade exploring over other people that are much faster much stronger much more disciplined much much more of a what's the right way to say this to me much more of a complete martial artist and I've been able to really exploit those holes in almost every person I've ever stood in front of and I just don't think 10 minutes in the BKFC ring, whether it be 10 minutes straight or five tunes, is going to be anywhere near the amount of time someone's going to need to figure me out. Um, it's not, I feel like, you know, Mr. Perez is, he's disciplined to an extent when it comes to boxing. Um, he seems very confident. I've seen his, uh, his knuckle mania fight. I'm not sure what was up with him and his opponent there. There was some, uh, some trash talk and, you know, back and forth. Uh, I don't really, I didn't look into it. I don't really concern myself with that shit, but you know, I heard there was some talking about his opponent's family and that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to very nicely say, you know, Derek, don't, please don't bring my family into this. Like, please keep that. Let's keep that fine line. Except you want to fuck me up, kill me, whatever, blah, 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 blah. blah. You're going to have 10 minutes to try and attempt to do that. But, you know, I don't, I don't bring people's family into arguments. So I don't know what that was from. Um, and then he fought Keith, you know. And uh, I've said it almost everybody that I've talked to on podcast. To me, Keith is probably one of the best in the world. Uh, and in fact, Reggie Friday night, I'm super excited to watch that fight. I chose to look for Derek Perez because he's coming off of a number one contendership fight with the guy that's fighting the same night as me for the bantamweight title, which is my weight division, which Reggie Barnett had and held. So in my mind, you know, my second fight, if I'm fighting the guy that just was fighting for the number one contendership, then uh, I'm trying to prove that, you know, I don't send me up there. Let me see, let me see what I got. Like, uh, I want to know where I sit. You know, my, and my goal is to, uh, you know, catch him hard, catch him at whatever point his body allows me to catch him. I'm not looking for the idler gate knockout. I'm not looking for the end of the first, midway through the first, third, fourth. I'm not looking for any of that. His body will tell me when to put him to sleep. And that's exactly what I'll do. So I'm 
I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I think, you know, I would say that's the skills to get. Um, you know, they, may God look over you and I both. But be very well prepared that this is going to hurt. Yeah, I mean, well said, man. And it's been great getting to talk to you. I mean, that the way you phrase it could even be <clears throat> a parting thought, you know, in saying that. But I guess just putting the ball in your court and, you know, seeing if there's maybe any final parting thought you'd like to add as we're kind of wrapping up here, like any shout-outs or just any general kind of thought you may have as we're kind of wrapping things up. Uh, yeah, man, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got such a large support system. Um, Aaron, Paul, Glenn, just all of my, my, my management team, my sponsors, it, it'll take me forever to go through the amount of people that I... I want to just sincerely think, but I guess my biggest closing message is, is pretty simple, um, and that goes pretty straightforward, hard out there to any man, woman, anybody, anybody, if you struggle and fight mental health, know that tomorrow needs you, that tomorrow fucking needs you, don't make a permanent decision off of a temporary problem, like don't, don't sit and dwell if, if you feel like you need to take a day because you can't, take you a day. Go fishing. Go hunting. Go go outside. Go get outdoors. Go do something. Find you an outlet. And if you really feel like you're at the end of your rope, you need to pick one person and call that motherfucker. And if you don't immediately hear this and know who that one person is, then you might not have that one person in your life yet. But no matter what, pick your damn Bible up. Pick your Bible up. That is, that's just the truth. And I, I may curse and drink occasionally for celebrations. I make a lot of problems, bro. And, you know, I, I sin daily and fall short of the glory of God. But we are nothing without the man above. And I just I feel like everybody needs to hear that more and more and more. And hear it from somebody that is a failure, you know. I, I, that, that's the truth. A lot of times people get hypocritically judged because... I, people can't just be honest and blunt. Like, I have no problem with my best of friends being like, hey, what the hell are you doing Sunday, bro? Why don't you come to church with me? Like, why don't we sit down and do a little Bible study? That's, and I think that if more people did that, we'd be okay. Yeah, I get what you mean. Just a sense of direction and broader <clears throat> a kind of sense of purpose, I guess, form any kind of form of community. Like, I get what you mean, man. Definitely a great parting thought to end off on. And that was also something I had kind of noticed in doing my research on you, just how much like the, you know, suicide prevention and awareness around that is important to you. And I love that you're using your platform for that. And we'll get to, you know, see all of that at BKFC 52. And thanks for coming on Bare Knuckle Radio, man. Really excited for this Derek Perez fight on October 20th. But, you know, until then, man, you just have a good rest of your day. And yeah, to reiterate, thank you so much for the time, Ace. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Give me a call if you need anything. This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram. And get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on. $50 buy.